It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. All right, guys. How you doing? Pitmaster and the Doc. What's up? What's up, brother? All right. We're going to talk about something very medical and very mental at the same time. It's partly mental and it's partly medical. Let's talk about the chin. Let's talk about the heart and let's talk about the killer instinct as it pertains to a martial artist. Chin, heart, killer instinct. Three very important qualities to have as a sport martial artist. Um, and as the great uh, Howard Davis, Olympic gold medalist, 1976, lightweight, uh, rest in peace. Um, he used to say, because we trained some fighters together, and he used to always say, like, if the guy wasn't really, like, going for it, and he kind of just didn't really, he didn't really have that, that, it's not even X factor, but he just didn't have the, I want to fight when you're losing kind of thing. Like, like some fighters, when they start losing, they just, they just start going downhill. Kind of like we were watching the fight this week. I don't know anything about her mental or if she was out of shape, but that Jody girl that fought Carolina, it looked like in the third round, she kind of lost her will to win, right? She had a will to stay alive only or to survive. So we call that heart. Or if you come back to, when fighters would come back to the corner and they would be like, oh, my, my rib hurts. I, I, you know, unless it's like a compound fracture and they have a, and they have a, a, a tension pneumothorax or something and they're complaining about something, it's usually because they don't want to fight. And I know this goes against the grain of most people that aren't fighters, but to me that shows a lack of heart. Not for your everyday person, but for a fighter. So like if a guy came back to the corner, and me and Chuck, me and Chuck had this one fighter. I'm not going to name him, but he actually came back to the corner after a fight once. And he was like, oh, I can't go on, man. My, my rib really hurts. He got kneed in the rib in the fight, in the, in the round before that. And we're like, all right, well, suck it up. You got, you got another round to go. And he goes, I can't go on, man. I can't go on. My rib really hurts. And we're like, you're going to go on and you're going to fight. He didn't really have much heart. So he didn't go on. Um, so heart is something that can't be taught. And like I said, as Howard Davis Jr. used to say, you can't teach heart. It's what You can teach a power left hook. You can teach people to move more. You can teach all kinds of techniques. But you cannot teach heart. If the fighter doesn't have, a, have the fighting heart, He'll never have the fighting heart, and you can't you can't teach you can't teach that. I'd say that ninety nine point nine percent of the people, by the time they make it to the UFC level, they have a fighting heart. Like, you know, I, I don't know what happened with that Jody girl. Maybe she was just completely out of gas. I don't know what happened. Maybe she had a broken something. But almost everyone in the UFC, once they make it to the UFC level, they 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 have a chin and they have a heart. So, um, you can't teach heart. We can't explain it. What, is, what does it mean? I don't know. It's just some people don't have the heart to fight. And once they don't, they never will. 
Once they do, they never won't. It's something they once they have, they'll never lose. Okay, and once they have, once they if they don't have it, they'll never have it. Do you see fighters though that once they finally lose, then they change? They don't have the confidence they had anymore. They lose some of that. I see a lot of fighters come back after a couple losses or a really bad fight, and 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 they don't have the confidence, but not they don't not have the heart. Once someone has the heart, they always have the heart. When you when you want to talk about heart, there's I mean every fighter out there that's made it to just to get in there shows a lot of heart. Okay, so so anyone that steps in a cage, a ring, or a mat has more fighting heart. Not more heart as a person. Like, you never fought. I, I would never think you don't have heart. You can't. But I'm talking about a heart for a sport fighter. This is only sport. This has nothing to do with the streets. Um, once, you time, once you step in that cage, ring, or, or, or mat, you have heart. You really do. But sometimes the ones with the more heart are going to go farther than the ones that don't. Then you have to worry about other things too, your chin and your skill level, etc. But let, we're just talking about heart right now. Once you don't have a heart to be a fighter or to take it to that next level, you never will. And if you lose a fight, you might come back. Um, you might come back like second guessing yourself and stuff. But somebody with heart will always have heart. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you a name right now. Um, you you think of someone like. Uh, Think of someone like um, uh, Arturo Gatti in boxing. Remember that Mickey Ward? They made a movie about them. I mean, he had like the biggest heart in boxing. He would always, I mean, you could, you could punch him and kick him and stomp on him. He's always going to keep fighting and trying to win. The different, one thing that will show you somebody really has heart is not just that they'll stay in the game to survive, but they're always trying to win, no matter how much they're hurting. It could be the last round, they have no chance of winning, but they're always trying. Leonard Garcia is one of them. Um, um, Mark Hunt, who we're going to talk about later, about something else, he always has heart. Always. Well, I think this brings up an interesting point for MMA, because you can lose an MMA match from a submission, where you tap out. So, what do you think about that? Someone that taps out, does that mean they don't have heart? No, but it depends on the way they tap out. I think Should they be choked out, or if they know they're going out, should they tap? I think, I think a lot of people say if it's a choke, they should be choked out. I don't agree with that at all. Do you think less of a fighter that taps than they're being choked out? If you think they got it in deep and they're going to go out anyway. If they're gonna go I, I up, personally as a fan, I don't. I don't no, look down upon. I that. don't either. I don't either. They're but, already way tougher than me to get in the ring in the first place. But. Okay, but, <laughs> so, but I have seen people, and I'm not saying they don't have heart, but I've seen people losing, getting their ass whooped, and then getting a bad choke, and they're still fighting tooth and nail to get out of that choke. Okay, but I've also seen guys losing really bad. And they get in a position for a choke, and they don't fight quite as hard as they could, because they can tap, and still sh and still save face. And I think that should be there, and it's a great uh, security blanket. It's a great level of of uh, safety that should be there. But you've seen guys. Some guys just won't tap. They won't tap. I've seen guys with an arm bar still fighting, 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 and the arm breaks. So is that some hard, people or is that harder stupidity. Well, you could, I mean, you could say that you can call courage stupidity, and a lot of people do. 
Um, but some sometimes, I mean, I could say that about a lot of things. Like, okay, I could say that about you. Is your brains, you're, are you so smart you're stupid? Because I wouldn't study for, you know, such and such hours a day. But you would because you are so smart that that's what you wanted to do to be a doctor. I would look at it and go, you're so, star you're so smart you're stupid. Why would you want to do that? I mean, geez, there's too many other things to do. So, so yeah, you, I mean, they're but, on different levels. Yeah, for me, if, if I knew my arm was about to break... I think tapping may be a smarter thing to do. Right. It, it would be the smarter thing to do, but some people are just... Like, Arturo Gatti would let his arm break before he tapped. I'm not saying that's the smart thing to do. But that's, why, hard. But that's hard. It's just... it's just That's too much heart. And some fighters have too much heart for their own good. I've seen fighters get poked in the eye, and they can't even see. Okay, and when the referee... Let me just tell you. I'll give you guys a hint right now. I'll give you some advice. If you're a fighter... And the referee, you get poked in the eye, it hurts. Cover your eyes. But if the referee says, can you see, if you say no, the referee is going to stop the fight. So don't throw a fit when they stop the fight if you say no. But anyway, this guy got poked in the eyes, and he was like, he wanted to fight so bad, but he couldn't see. So the referee said, all right, can you see? He goes, yeah, I can see just fine. But you can tell he didn't. So the referee put up two fingers, and he goes, oh, how many fingers does he have? How many fingers are my holding up? And he went, and he put his hand on the guy's. He put his. He felt the referee's two fingers. He goes two fingers, so he couldn't even see, but he still wanted to fight. I'll give you one um, that was too much heart for his own good. Uh, uh, Jeremy Horn when he fought Chuck Liddell, he was he was hitting the head so much, and something hit his. He couldn't. He was seeing blurred vision because he got hit so much. But he wanted, to, he wanted to keep fighting until the referee finally saved him and stopped the fight. But anyway, some people have too much heart for their own good. Some fighters don't have enough. So if you have a huge heart, I hope you have a huge amount of skill to go with it. Or else you're going to end up with too much heart for your own good. And you're just going to get beat up all the time. And you hear announcers saying that all the time. This guy has too much heart for their own good. They don't very often say this guy doesn't have that much heart because you're not going to see it in the high level that much, number one. Number two, it's a put-down, and most, most announcers would never say that. So heart is something you're going to have or not have. And once you have it, it'll never go away. And if you don't have it, you can't build it up by training. So what about with your fighters or you have somebody new you're watching? How, what does it take for you to kind of determine whether or not they have the heart for for doing it sometimes you can tell in sparring but some guys um some guys just they don't like to spar that much and and so they looks like they don't have heart the only way you can tell if someone has heart is if they get they they start taking a beating in a real fight in in the cage or in the ring or whatever once they get start getting a beating i'll, I'll give you an example right now um I have a fighter. His name is Isaiah, Isaiah Hughes. Um, very skilled. Uh, unbelievably skilled. But, I mean, you could have the most skilled fighter in the world. The first time they get tapped in the chin, they might go out. Then you know they don't have a chin. Or they might get pushed really hard and hit and hurt and maybe cut. And then they just kind of, they just kind of, I've seen so many guys, once they see their own blood, they're like, fuck this. But he actually got a really tough fight his last fight. So he was used to just knocking people out. This fight, this guy fought back hard. 
and he was a really tough guy. And he, I mean, he cut Isaiah. He hurt him a little bit, but Isaiah, he Isaiah came back and fought. So that answered my question. Um, that Isaiah Hughes has a huge heart. Isaiah Hughes has a good chin. So you're saying before you saw him fight in that fight, you just saw him knock people out, so it's hard to know. Right. I knew he had the skill. I didn't know if he had a chin or not because I never saw him get tagged, and I never saw him get pushed to his limit, so I didn't know if he had heart or not. Now I know he has skill, heart, and a chin. So it answered a bunch of questions. I have uh, another guy... uh, I have another guy, uh, big brother, Isaiah Rocha. I've seen him clipped, so I know he has a chin. I've never seen him pushed yet really hard, so I don't know. His heart hasn't been tested. His skill has. He has four, four fights, four first-round knockouts. His skill is off, off the charts, and I know he has a chin. I, his, his heart hasn't been tested. He's been training me since he's four years old, and I've seen him beat up before in sparring and in tournaments and stuff. So I'd be willing to bet a lot of money. He does have the heart, but until you're tested in that cage, your heart is in question. Interesting. Well, what about a fighter? So that brings up like a fight we saw with Till. You know, Till. his heart isn't really tested. You've seen Never. the fight. Or his chin. But you saw him take out, you know, Cowboy. Well, so- we're, talking about, we're talking about heart, okay? Chin and killer instinct are something else. Now, I know for a fact that uh, Isaiah Rocha, my fighter, he's an amateur, but his, his killer instinct is there. I've seen him tag someone and then go after him for the kill. His killer instinct is there. Till, you watched Till's last fight, his chin wasn't tested, his heart wasn't tested, his killer instinct is intact. You see the way he went after... Uh, uh, Cowboy Cerrone when he heard him. He has a killer instinct. Some people tag someone and they don't have the instinct to go after him. They might have a huge heart. They might have a really solid chin. But some people just don't have that killer instinct to go out, go for the knockout. And that is something that I think you can work on. And I think that comes with, with the experience a lot of times. Some guys do it right from the street. You, you throw them in the cage for the first time, they go right after the guy. Some guys, it just takes a while because you, when you hit somebody hard or you hurt them, you see it in their eyes. You hit them with a body shot and you know that the, you hurt them, you're going to go in for the kill. That's, that's another, the killer instinct. That's another one I think might be affected by you know, them taking a beating, whether or not that killer instinct stays intact. Because you do see fighters that really go after everyone until maybe they get tagged. I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think so? If, if you get tagged... If you get tagged, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Anyway, so, yeah, Czech Congo fought Pat Berry. I mean, both of them have huge hearts. They have good chins. I mean, they've both been knocked out a few times, but, I mean, they're heavyweights, so anybody that gets caught in the chin, you can't really say you don't have a good chin if you get caught in the chin and get knocked out. But some people, like in boxing, uh, old timer named Tex Cobb just never was knocked out. Uh, in MMA, I would say like Roy Nelson has a, I mean, just unbelievable chin and a huge heart. Um, and and then and then Mark Hunt, the the Samoan heavyweight, huge. I mean, just unbelievable granite chin. He has an unbelievable heart, and he has a good killer instinct. So he has, I mean, he has all the all the uh, makings. Um, well, what about chin? I mean, we didn't talk about that. Right. So, 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 
Chin with like Czech Congo, he got dropped. He got dropped, so he had the, he got dropped. He got back up, like still staggering, and knocked out Pat Berry because they were both like, it was it was such a bizarre fight. If you get a chance, check out check out that fight with Czech Congo and Pat Berry. Pat Berry drops him. I mean, he's almost out, and he's like pounding him, and all of a sudden he like, I think he's like half stands up and hits uh, Pat Berry and knocks him out. So. Once you have heart, you have heart. Whether you get hurt or not, you have heart. Once you have killer instinct, I don't care how bad you're hurt, how tired you are. If you have the killer instinct and you're exhausted, you're going to still go for the knockout. Sometimes you're not able to because you're too tired, your gas tank's empty. But let's talk about chin. Okay, chin is something you either have or you don't. But unlike heart, you can lose chin. You'll never lose your heart. But you can lose your chin. Some people, towards the end of their career, um, they lose their chin. Uh, some people, in the beginning of their chin, uh, who knows why? I think it's, uh, I'm sure uh, maybe you can investigate that. Uh, but some people just have a solid chin. They'll never get knocked out. And then some people, throughout their career, just been hit on it enough times. It's like, it's like some guys just have a certain amount of... of granite chin experiences until they finally start getting knocked out and then i think it's true i think you have so much in the bank and then once you're once it's gone it's not coming back it's not coming back once your chin is gone it's gone you can you but but if you don't have it you're never gonna have it so if someone doesn't have a chin going into the the fight game um, I've had fighters like that. So I've had to train them around getting hit. They have to like work on like practically lateral move. Like they have to be like Muhammad Ali because if they get tagged in the chin, even like air going by, they're going to get knocked out. I've had fighters like that. And, and they have a big heart, so they want to fight. They want to go in there. And they have good killer instinct. They want to go for the knockout. But the problem is it's not their fault. They just don't have a good chin. It's like... It's kind of like me. I wanted to be a smart guy, but I just didn't have the brains. So I just, I just worked around that by faking it. So if you don't have a chin, you, you work around that by faking it and moving and shit. But if you get tagged on the chin, you're going out. Once you don't have a chin, you'll never have a chin. But if you do have a chin, you might lose it. So what, but what's happening is you're getting hit in the head. So it's basically a traumatic brain injury. So it, it's resetting your brain. It's like rebooting your computer. Yeah. And if you turn it off, it has to reset. So when you knock someone out, most knockouts aren't 30 minutes. I mean, most right. people get up pretty quick, or at least they come to pretty quick in fighting. But the big danger is, at least what I see in sports, is you get hit once, you get knocked out, you have a concussion, and then you get hit again. And you don't have to be actually unconscious to have a concussion, which a lot of people don't understand. But you can have a concussion. Your that means your brain is actually swelling, and then when you get hit again, it can be very dangerous. So right. I think that's one interesting thing. And the difference we talked about this a little last time between boxing and MMA. In boxing, you can get hit, you're concussed, you go down, and you're encouraged to come out of it, and you get a time, you get a time, a count, eight seconds. You, you get to, you get time, yeah, eight seconds for your brain to swell and for you to come back and get hit in the head more. So in at least in MMA, if, if you get reset and you get knocked out, the fight is over. You don't get time to recover from that. Although, I don't know, you see it all the time where someone gets dazed or stunned, but if they're not completely unconscious, a lot of them, you know, if they can scramble, 
And then, you know, you see it all the time. They scramble, they make clinch. it to the end of the round, they clinch, or then they have the time between rounds to recover. And then a lot of times they come out and they look a lot better. But, you know, when you get your brain knocked so hard that it gets reset, um, that's a scary... As a doctor, I see that, and the fight should be over. <laughs> but a, I, yeah, I agree I now, but when I was fighting, it was, it was a lot different back then. We'd spar all out, head, head sparring, we'd go for the head... I mean, I, I, I can't even count on both hands and both feet times 20 how many times that I've left the gym still kind of dazed. Like, so wh- where am I going? Can... Where am I going? I don't even remember where. I've even got on the freeway and like, shit, I forgot my off-ramp. I mean, I've, I've been hit so hard in the ring in a fight where I thought, my, I, thought my mom, I was going to school and I heard my mom calling me. I've been back to the corner when the okay. I was back in the corner one fight. I got I got dropped. Go back. The bell rang. I'm in the corner, and the referee came up to me. I was in like Louis. I, wait, I was in Louisiana. I was in. I think I was in Tennessee. I forgot where I was. But the referee said came to the corner. He goes, John, you okay? I go, yeah. He goes, okay. Uh, where are you? Because they try to test you with some simple questions to see if you're all there. Like they'll ask you the date, you know, the president, etc. So he said, where are you? I said, I'm in Vegas. He thought I was joking, which I wasn't. I actually thought I was in Vegas. I was in like Tennessee. And he was like, ah, that's a good one. All right, you're good. And he let the fight go on. But anyway. Uh, anyway, that, from a medical perspective, that's horrible. It is horrible. The yeah. concussions that I see that happen in football, when someone gets concussed, you can examine them. And in fi- the first five minutes, they may be fine. They can answer math questions they they know where they are they're oriented they know who they are they know what quarter it is they know what the score is and five minutes later they don't even know where they are so when you when a ref might take someone and go oh ask him a couple questions he's totally fine their brain starts to swell and five minutes later you know they're gone so you know some of those things are definitely holes in how you treat these brain injuries but i mean if you if you go in there and ask them just some subjective question or objective questions I mean, that's all you can do. That's all, I mean, at that, at that point. And to be honest, I mean, and I've seen it happen that uh, personally where I get hit and I, I'm fine, but then later I, I start having some weird thinking and stuff. So I knew, you know, I knew that it hit me later. But 99.9% of the time, that's a crazy stat, but I, I guarantee you, once you get hit from the moment of impact, you're not going to be okay. Most guys that in, in fighting anyway, I've never seen a guy dropped and then he died later. I mean, he, he got like hit really hard and then he's fine. Then, then, then the brain swelling to me. Well, every- that, yeah, maybe not in fighting, but in sports in general, it's called second impact syndrome right. is common. And now we've completely changed concussion protocols in sport. Maybe not MMA, but where if you're suspected of a concussion, you get pulled and examined and watched. And usually people are out for minimum of a week now from contact or collision sports like football or soccer if there's a suspected concussion. Fighting's different. You can't just pull everyone if there's a suspected concussion. Suspected concussion every time they get hit in the head. Right. So, I mean, that's the purpose of it. It's totally different. But there is that interesting, you know, we see it in other sports where you keep getting hit in the head and there's deaths. There's like six deaths a year in high school football in this country of kids. Yet... We still play high school football. Um, if you tried to establish high school football as a new sport now, I don't think it would ever happen in a million years because you'd look at the injuries and people would go, you're crazy, you can't do that. 
But the deaths we see in, in high school football or college football are either heart-related, where there's an undiagnosed heart problem, cardiomyopathy, or you get hit in the head, a concussion's undiagnosed. Most kids are going to say, I don't, I'm fine. Yeah, I don't have a concussion. Do the injuries come from the concussion? Are you talking about deaths from concussions? From, or? Yeah, from neurologic injury from concussion, from head injury, from traumatic brain injury. So, so bo- boxing's like double that. But then how many, how many kids fucking drown in a pool, but people still have pools in their backyard? That's true. Yeah. So, I exactly. Mean, yeah. yeah, so I mean, people die, are going to die all the time, but... I mean, that's terrible that they, you know, six, well, it's, six a year is a pretty low number. Yeah, and not if it's your kid. Right. But, but anyway. But then pools, but it's not my kid. And and, so it, and the fact that swimming pools are, are one of the dumbest things, I think, that we have on this planet. But we, we still have them. And look at all the drownings. That's why so you rather, teach your kids to swim. Or just not have a pool. <laughs> or teach your kids how to dodge the freaking guy. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I think the interesting thing is in some sports, it's evolved where you do neurologic testing of the athletes before they get hit in the head. So you know what their baseline is. You know if they're, you know, what the, you know, can they answer math questions? Can they concentrate? Can they do these things? And they get a score, they get evaluated. And then that way, after they've had a head injury, you can check to see if they're back to normal or not. And then whether they should go back and participate again. So I think, I don't know how fighting does it and how your fighters do it. They, they obviously get concussions What's the protocol to get them back into sport? Time. Time and then, yeah. but what and kind of testing to time show? And a, time on a CAT scan. Yeah. Well, a CAT scan is only going to show you if they have like a skull fracture right. or a traumatic bleed right. or something horrible, but it's not going to show you a concussion. You can't yeah. diagnose, you, well, you can't diagnose a concussion on a no, CT scan. You can, no, and it's a, but they, I mean, and, 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 and I mean, the, the problem is here. Um, okay, football, I mean, okay, they, they might do certain things, but I don't know. And, and soccer, you know, they might do certain things and try to avoid them and this and that. But you got to realize, fighting, the object is to give your opponent a concussion. And every single fight, every single fight, there's going to be a concussion. And not in every, if, in, in every single fight, I guarantee you, Somebody's gonna have a concussion. Right. It doesn't mean they're knocked out. It just means they've no. Been, they've had, had a concussion. Hit in the head, and when you get hit in the head, your brain bounces off the inside of your skull. That's right. what gives you the injury. So, and that brings up another point: is hey, if you're dehydrated, are you gonna be more likely to get a concussion too? And that, and you are. I mean, that's you, you are. And and I don't think many many people enter the ring still dehydrated. They're de- they have they were dehydrated thirty hour or twenty four hours ago. But but even whatever the case, when you're a fighter, you your 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 main job, especially boxing, is to concuss your opponent. So there's going to be concussions every single thing. So well, every but, single fight. But if you could out, avoid those in training, if yeah. you can avoid concussions in training, especially with this theory of you have a bank of so many times right. you can get hit in the head, and everybody's bank has a different size. Right. But if you can only get hit in the head so many times wasting those times in training if that can be avoided you know you can't train the chin but you can train right. to save your chin right and, or not only save your chin i mean i don't care about saving your chin because i don't once they start getting knocked out that's that's not as important to me as saving their brain so they still got to think when they retire so in my camps we don't even really spar anymore when i was coming up we sparred every single day 
Monday through Saturday, put the gloves on, we beat the shit out of each other. And that's one reason I have, I think I have brain damage now, but whatever. But my fighters now, sparring is, is, is drilling. We drill. The, I don't think my fighters get hit in the face at all, basically. Um, so I don't have my fighters do it. And a lot of camps follow, follow that suit. And it's proving that it's not hurting the game at all. And it's not hurting the fighters at all. So more of my injuries now come from the grappling. You know, twisting the one guy's going the other way and he has his arm and next thing you know, his shoulder hurts or his elbow. So that is more of an injury than the actual concussions now. So that's my, what I do for my fighters. That's how I protect my fighters is um, I don't make them smart. Once the fight starts, they're going to get concussed and they're going to concuss someone else. And that goes with the... That goes with the sport. So my only input would be, and you know, if you take a fight and you get a concussion in the fight, you're obviously not going to be training again like that or taking a fight again anytime soon. You, know, you have a certain amount of rest time, but it, going Ideally. back into a situation where you can get hit in the head while you're still recovering from a concussion is the dangerous part. Which maybe the sport is kind of maybe you don't test for it, but the way it's set up where you're not fighting for a few months. Gives yeah. you enough time to recover in most cases. Ideally, that's that's great. And that's why I hate tournaments. And I wouldn't let my fighters enter tournaments because uh, they're fighting sometimes two or three times in one night. Right, which is terrible and, for brain yeah, injury. it is. And, and my fighters, I have a thing where if my fighter gets hurt in his fight or even gets tagged and I think he has any kind of concussion, uh, usually the, the state says, or it's the commission says X amount of time. I usually double that. I've, I've, if my fighter gets dropped in sparring, he's not going to fight. He's not going to spar again for another month or two, and he's not going to... If he has a fight coming up, that fight's canceled. Um, now, the only difference is, like, if it's a UFC uh, or with a lot of money, sometimes I can't always do that uh, as readily. Like, my amateur fighters, it's not, even a, it's, not even a, it's not even a thought. It's just, boom, your fight's out. You're fighting in a month, it's out. You can't even spar for a month. Um, if it's even one of my lower end pro fighters, you're not fighting. Your fight's in six weeks, you're not fighting. If they get dropped, they're not fighting. They know that. Uh, and, and, and if it was a UFC with making a lot of money and this guy needs that money that bad, I'm going to risk, I'll, I'll, I'll have a long talk with them and I'm not necessarily going to pull that fight because they got to live. Um, but but for my lower end fighters, it's always going to be that way. They also know if they get dropped in a fight, I'm throwing in the towel. And I tell my fighters that. They know it very well. Um, and, and I've thrown in the towel many times, even though they tell you not to. Um, I have. And I always will. And I think it is up to the, 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 the corner to protect their fighter first. There's been a couple where they complain about the referee didn't stop it soon enough and Dana goes off on the referee and everybody else does, but the corner should be stopping these fights before anyone else. So the corner and then, then comes the referee. But anyway, so chin, never have, if you don't have one, you never will. But if you do, you might lose it. Heart, you can have it. You're always going to have it. If you don't, you never will. All right? Killer Instinct, you're always going to have it. But the only thing that will stop your killer instinct is a gas tank. If you don't have a gas tank, if your gas tank is empty, 
I don't care how bad you want to kill that guy or knock him out. If your if your gas tank, if your killer instinct is here and your gas tank is here, you won't be able to knock him out. <laughs> it's the and I know that feeling very well. Wanting to knock someone out so bad and you just don't have you don't have the there's no this it's all lactic acid in here and you can't even get enough generate enough power to knock someone out. You're just so tired. And that's probably the most one of the most frustrating feelings in the world. But anyway. So anyway. bottom line is maybe we should bring helmets into the UFC. I don't think they'll help because it's the chin. I'm just kidding. But it would help with cuts. And that's to me, that's why all your guys, when they're drilling or any kind of sparring, they should wear headgear all the time. And some guys don't like to. And, well, it doesn't help if I get hit in the chin. And they're right. It doesn't. But what it does help is for cuts. When guys come together, right, head a lot of cuts. Head or, well, so and that's the other thing is if you get cut too much, you get cut easily. So when, once you're in a fight, you start bleeding really easily. That can stop a fight, too. Yeah. And I kind of look at the brain as the same way. Just like you build up scar tissue on your face and you can get your face cut open more easily with whatever's going on in your brain after multiple traumatic brain injuries where now you just get knocked out much more easily, it's probably the same kind of thing. You're building up... So how can I even think then? How can I, how can I even remember Imagine my how name? smart you'd be right now. I think I'd be dumber. <laughs> but uh, if that's humanly possible. Speaking of brain damage, let me talk about one thing real quick. Let's talk about Mark Hunt. Um, now he's... he's, he's, he's back on he's kind of recanting he's kind of backpedaling some of his stuff i love mark hunt he's actually one of my very very favorite fighters of all time but but it's like when the referee when you get poked in the eye if the referee says can you see and you say no they're gonna stop it to protect you okay he said in an interview i'm having early symptoms of brain damage I'm having a hard time remembering things. I'm having mood swings. You, it's, that's in writing now. So the UFC, he had a fight coming up. The UFC pulled that fight to protect him. Okay? You can't tell people I'm, I'm having signs of brain damage and then expect the UFC to, to, to let him fight. He was also saying, you know, all these fighters that had steroids and he hated, you know, he was, he was, coming, he was coming down on Dana and I can see part of his thing. I think I don't think any of the guys that beat him and the tested positive should have. I don't think they should ever be fighting again. I, you know how I feel about that. They should lose their license. They should go to jail. They should have to give up all their pay, and they should never, ever, ever fight again. But if you tell the press in writing, "I have brain damage." Don't expect any promoter to ever let you fight again. And you can't blame them if they don't. No, because that's a liability. Yeah. Not. I think they care about you. But even if they didn't care about you, why would they ever let you fight again? It's a liability to them. Now, if something happened to you, your family's going to come back. You know, if you died or something, your fam their family, his family could come back to Dana and go, it's in writing here. He has brain damage. Why did you let him fight? The only way around that would be if he's cleared by a neurologist that specializes in traumatic brain injury that he's fine. I mean, that's the only way around that. Right. But, but, and that might help him in court, but it might not. Just the fact that he said he has subjective, you know, I have subjective signs. Like if, like if those signs can resolve if they're from an acute injury, they may resolve with time. So if you see a, a physician that specializes in that and they say, okay, now you're better. UFC, I think, could, or a promotion could take him and say, okay, you can fight in our promotion. They, they might, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't, just the, just the fact they said that. He shouldn't have said that. If he thinks he actually has brain damage, 
Uh, I, I, just, I just, I mean, he's, and he's, he didn't say, well, the other day after such and such sparring, he says, he said, now it's starting that I'm starting to lose my, my memory and I'm starting to have mood swings. So he's like acting like it's a, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't, if which, I was a promoter, I would not love Which for me is why I think it would be interesting and important to have some sort of baseline testing. If I was fighting and I was getting concussed on a regular basis on purpose and getting paid for it, I would want to know how my mental status is, objectively, not just, hey, how do I feel, but doing yeah. testing, and then compare that as my career goes on. And if it starts to decline, maybe that's time for people to retire. So but, I think that if there's something you can measure about how much brain injury you're accumulating, yeah, there's that having more information is definitely going to be a good thing. And maybe over time we'll get better and smarter and... And and you know catch I, problems. Before, I think less is more before their problems. I I, I wouldn't want to know. It's like I mean, I don't know. I, I you know before. But if you're gonna make yourself dramatically worse by taking another fight and risking the rest of your life being it, brain injured, maybe you would want to know that. Yeah, I would want to know. Yeah, that. I, and I, I think we're burying our head in the sand if we don't at least there's there's stuff out there now that we could be using. And maybe it is being used by some camps. It might, but then we you have to look at one other thing. I mean, it's already the fighter's responsibility to get their medical, which is sometimes an MRI or a CAT scan. It gets pretty freaking expensive. So, I mean, the fighter's having to pay but, for all But this. we do this for every, every high school athlete that does any kind of contact sport, water polo, soccer, football. If you're in a contact sport where you might get hit in the head by something, we test our athletes preseason baseline and if they have any injuries they get tested till they're normal yeah and so i think having those tools is nothing but helpful because you but who's who pays for this the high schools there is part of the sports at school i don't yeah, think it's so, expensive so it's we're paying expensive. the taxpayers but it's not expensive right but who do you think oh so it's uh, it's not imaging it's just a computer test you just uh, load the program on a computer you answer questions it checks your reflexes your reaction time your memory your concentration all your important brain functions but when and you then say gives not that expensive, a score. when you say not expensive i mean to a fighter that that has no i think just, the US, i think promotions have enough money where that would not be an issue no the ufc does but not others the others are barely making it, a lot of them so they don't even pay for our medicals the ufc does um but most promotions are getting by on a on, they have a shoestring budget whatever that means is it a shoestring? I don't know what that it's is. It's some kind of string. <laughs> they have like no budget. So I think that's a great idea. Um, I'd love it. I'd love it. I wish somebody did that to me. I'd like to see my, my, my was like this. This is how my thing would be. My, my line would be like, okay, this is the top. My line's here. This is the bottom. My line would be a little above the top. And it would just be like this. A little above the bottom. A little above the bottom. <laughs> and then it would just be like this. And, it's and, then, down, and then you're it's down here you're somewhere. <laughs> it's down. You can't even see it now. It's so low. It's it so, was never there. So it. Most of us fighters, we don't give a shit how smart we were. Cause it's not how smart you are. It's your reaction time. That's it, which is crucial to fighting. Right, and our reaction time usually doesn't get that affected. It's our it's our brains. It's like we get we get angry quicker we have mood swings we forget things our our reactions are still pretty damn good but it's this it goes it's like this doesn't work anymore well so. you and you do see it in these people that you know that played in the NFL and then they have brain injuries and concentration problems and then actually have mental problems 
where I'm not mur- murders it. happen or whatever. I'm not happens. buying it. I th- it's okay. the new defense, John. It's going to be the new defense. I know. It's like they should have used it for OJ. It's like boxers, like in football players. Like okay, boxers, any like for every one concussion a, a football player has, a boxer probably has 150. So so why doesn't this come up for boxers? It comes up for football players because it's a higher end sport. It's higher notoriety. They have tons more money. They're NFL. getting hit in the head constantly. No, they are not. No. Oh my god! Clearly, Fighters... don't watch football. Okay, if you watch a sparring match, somebody's been hit in the head 40, 30 times around, and he spars ten rounds. So he's been hit in the head maybe a hundred times. He's had concussions a day when he's training for a fight. How many times do you think a football player actually gets a head injury compared to well, a fighter? Well, they're getting hit, but with so diagnosed what? head injury. I mean, when they're on the line, they're hitting each other every play. You mean when they're this close together, they're just going like that? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's nearly as much as the fighter. But fighter, what if, Fighters are that close together. Yeah, but they're punching each other in the head. These guys just run together. They're not bumping heads. It's usually shoulder, but whatever. But my point is, I think I think the football... They make a really big deal about it because it's it's the a lot of these guys they're already criminals going in. Most of them are like they're like raping people and pillaging people when they're in college. They're like getting busted for shit. Do you think they have the brain wow. damage already? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one. But anyway, so I think I think we should look out for our brains, and I think the only way we can do this. So, what do you think? Football should not. Maybe they shouldn't train like they train. They they've stopped. Actually, they've changed the rules in yeah. football. So there's not as much contact allowed anymore because of that, and th- because the head injuries are in s- such a high profile right now, the training's been changed. They still happen, but the training's been changed, and then players get pulled immediately if they're if they will admit to having signs of a concussion. The problem is kids don't want to admit they do because they don't want to get pulled out because they know what happens now, and then they're they're given it minimum a week of no, of being symptom-free before they can play again. See, in football or in other contact sports, they may be practicing all week and then playing every week. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's room in in fighting to use more science as far as no, to I, prevent yeah, I, brain I, injuries and to prevent your fighter from losing their chin, which can end careers. So I think the science will evolve, and I think there's already testing out there that would be interesting to see but how it could be applied to MMA. Then why in MMA or boxing, why isn't why aren't there any of these things going on? Do I, I don't know. Because nobody says, oh, what was your what was your level before you started fighting? And they don't come into their camps and, and do like all those tests. Well, I, I think the I... science evolves. I think the different sports evolve, and I, I think I think you'll see some evolution there to help prevent injuries. I, I think boxing, like you said may be more prone to those head injuries than MMA just because it's a different sport. Yeah, it's much different. In, in boxing, your your main goal is to punch someone in the head. In MMA, you have so many other ways to win and so many other ways to lose. All right. So. It's good. Good talk, John. See you guys later. Please like, share, um, and if you, if you can't, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, uh, we're here to stay, and we're actually going to be on iTunes soon as well. So... Please comment and tell us how much you like us. Or if you have any questions that you want us to answer or any topics you want us to cover, feel free. Thanks for coming, guys.